This episode of The New Way We Work is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. This is Secrets of the Most Productive People, a productivity podcast where we work smarter instead of harder and dissect exactly how to get it all done. I'm Fast Company Deputy Editor, Kate Davis. And I'm Fast Company Assistant Editor, Anissa purvisari Horan. This week, we're talking about how to make a great impression your first week at a new job. So I will just start this episode out by acknowledging what I feel is a universal truth that the first few days and sometimes first few weeks at a new job are going to always be uncomfortable in some way. Yeah, that's so true. I always say when I start a new job that I wish I could fast forward like two months just because I feel like two months in is when you finally like know everybody and know what you're doing and feel comfortable. And I hate that like new kid in school feeling of like, what's what are the rules here? What is expected of me? I'm going to mess up in some way. We don't really think about it like this, but if you think about what it involves to start a new job and, you know, most people spend like most of their waking hours at work. And you suddenly have to do that with a whole bunch of strangers you've probably never gotten. Yeah. You've never like spent time with and you've just expected to get on with them. I imagine if you're a new kid in school, you could opt to if you wanted to like eat lunch alone and like be uh-huh. a loner and whatever. Like your social life maybe is dependent on it, but like your paycheck isn't, you know. No, exactly. And then, you know, as you said, there's all these unspoken rules, probably all the systems you have no idea about, like because probably 90% of it is not in the handbook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then also, you know, depending on like where it is in relation to where you live, you might have to have a whole new commute. And yeah, where do you eat lunch? Yeah, where do you eat lunch? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of things to get used to at once. We always hear about how your brain just can't handle too many changes at the same time. So I don't, you know, it's going to take you a while to get used to it. Some of the awkwardness of starting a new job can't be avoided, like the where to eat lunch and getting to know people and like all of that. And there's always going to be a learning curve and some kind of like adjustment period at a new job. But there are certainly things that, and a lot of things really, that the employers can do to make that transition process smoother. So let's talk about some of those. Or maybe maybe let's back up and talk about the problem even. Yeah, I mean, onboarding is a huge problem. I think it's interesting because it's something that I kind of hear consistently from surveys and recruiters and even hiring managers and employers who are on the other side of this is that a lot of them struggle with onboarding and knowing how to do it and how to get the new hires, you know, hit the ground running from day one. Because I'm sure you've been at a job where you go to your desk and then there's a whole bunch of paperwork that you have yep. to fill. Yep. And then it's kind of just like, okay, what now? <laughs> or the or you start a job and the manager's just like, so, you know, just like poke around, get to know things, like look at the website. And it's like, what am I actually supposed to do? And I know. Like, I don't want to look like a slacker, but you didn't give me any actual things to do. Exactly. Yeah, and so I'm just like trying to look busy on my first day because they haven't made a plan, basically. A Gallup poll from this year actually found that only 12% of employees think that their their company does a good job at onboarding or an outstanding job at onboarding. Yeah. And the cost of that, like that's not just like, oh, it's kind of annoying, is pretty high because evidently about 30% of new hires don't stick around after 90 days. That's crazy to me. That's quite a high number. Yeah, and I think that's probably a lot of factors put together. So that's like you must have a bad company culture if that Mm -hmm. happens or, you know, a lot of maybe the job didn't line up with the person's expectations on what the role 
role was supposed to be. So before we get into all of the things that you as an employee can do to make a good impression on your first day and week and, and month at a new job, let's back up a little bit and give some advice for the employers and what they can do to help the onboarding process be better. Yeah, I mean, especially now when the talent market is tight and we are hearing a lot of reports of companies having problems filling spots especially for high skilled workers and you know i think we've talked about it before and it's kind of a universally known thing it's expensive to hire somebody yeah and time consuming time consuming and you know loss in productivity and not having the role filled and having to have other people do parts of the job expensive in the the hours it takes to find that person Mm -hmm. in the posting of the job and all of that so like once you finally get somebody in the door keep them you know like make them feel welcome and happy and help them do their best work so there's a couple of like quick and easy things advice that we can offer to employers before we get on the employee side of it so I think the first one you kind of touched on already is the paperwork and the best way to do that is get all of that HR paperwork all of that done via email before Before, your first day I was gonna say that because I have had that in previous job and it was just so helpful because then you didn't have to, you know, I think that I still had to bring some documents on my first day. Yeah, but it like was literally Xerox like yeah. of your license or your yeah, passport yeah, 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 or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like I just went to HR, they photocopied it, and then that was it. Versus here's a handbook and like here's a benefits <laughs> plan. Yeah, look through all of this. Like um, figure out your health insurance sitting at oh your God. desk on your first day when yeah. you already like have a million things. And it, one, it makes that first day more productive. But two, it gives the employee like a peace of mind. Exactly. Because in that time between you're leaving your other job and starting this new one, you're probably like, oh, my God, okay, what's the 401k plan? What's the health insurance? How do mm-hmm. I get this all figured out? And like to have that all out of the way is a big burden off. Absolutely, because you know, I mean, you know, those documents aren't exactly easy to read. Mm-hmm. And often you do, you you can't just squeeze reading it in your yeah, lunch hour. Yeah, and you want to like, prob- you know, maybe talk to your spouse about it. Like exactly. get it all sorted and not like feel, oh my God, I got to like do this at my desk. You know? Yeah. I think another one that's like it's small but it's significant is just sharing all of the logins that they'll need to all of the various tech tools. Yeah, like, that it's, yeah. Think of how many programs we use at, yeah. at our job. So, and I'm sure all all companies are like this, like Slack. We use an analytics tool. We use a CMS, a, a WordPress a content management system. We have like workflow systems. Just like getting all of those and having even like having a sheet at your desk. Can you imagine walking in and it's like, here's your logins for your email and your voicemail yeah. and your everything. Like all in one place. You don't have to like go hunting and asking around. Yeah, because I feel like um, you know, a lot of people don't get given a structured kind of introduction to their work. And often what ends up happening is that various people or their hiring manager or their supervisor, who depends who's giving them work, would just give them like bits of small things mm-hmm. without kind pieces, of thinking yeah. about without thinking about the fact that you might not know how to access the systems or find the information. And just go, oh yeah, and by, by the way, you're going to look this up in whatever. And then you say, well, I don't have access I know. to it. And oh, then it's okay, like, let me get you a login. You know, it's just like, yeah. just do it all at once. Just think in advance for an employer, like think in advance what are all the tools they're going to need if I'm not the person that's the admin for all those tools let me gather that all together in one place for them and then also I think another key thing which seems really obvious but I feel like doesn't happen in a lot of first day of a new job is for the company or the hiring manager or supervisor to make sure that that employee has meetings with you know the people that they're most working with yeah for sure and I recently hired a a, a part-timer who is remote and she so she's not going to be able to meet the people face to face so I thought 
okay, who is she going to be, you know, like what different teams is she going to be working with the most? Who is, does she need to meet? And I like set up those calls. And so she, in her first week had the, okay, I'm going to be working with this team. Who's this person? What do I need to know from them? So now she can really hit the ground running. And when she has to do something, I, and I say, oh, you're going to talk to Patrick about that. She's not like, who's Patrick? And yeah, like, what I know. Because I've had need and what, you know. Yeah. yeah, I've had that experience. And it's always like, I don't know. I always find it a bit weird because sometimes you need something urgently from someone and you've never talked to them mm -hmm. and you kind of have to do this back and forth introduction. And then it's like, and, but how and who is that person? But also like, where do they fit? And exactly. how do I work with them? What is their role? And yeah. what is my role in relation to their role? And exactly. Yeah, like, I mean, can you imagine? It's like when you get a message from a new employee that you you don't even realize has started mm -hmm. and it's like hey so and so told me to ask you for this and, and you're, you're like, like what are you yeah, <laughs> yeah. what's going yeah, it's, on it's good for both on both ends because then the established people who are already there aren't blindsided by like here's this random person asking yeah. me something so i think also it's important to note that onboarding doesn't just stop in day one right and that's a lot of that's a yeah. mistake that companies make because like as we said before it does take a while to settle in yeah, and so I think the other key thing, and this is a little bit later on, is to schedule check-ins at like 30 days. Yeah, I think that's a good kind of time frame. So then that's to see how is everything going? How are you feeling? Are you kind of up to speed now? Is there anything you're not up to speed? And also for an employer, it's a time that you can ask, how was your onboarding process, by the way? Mm -hmm. Like, was there anything that you wish you would have known three weeks ago yeah. you know, that you do know now. And so then you can use that as an employer to inform your next new hire and what you'll do. And then the last thing that I'll say is, and I kind of hinted at this with the with the part-timer that I talked about, is I think people forget to do it for freelancers too. Yeah, so and contractors. Contractors, part-timers, permalancers, you know, whatever the, the person is that, that's going to be working with you for a long time but isn't a like full-time staff employee, they still need an onboarding process. Well, know? yeah, especially if they are going to be accessing, you know, systems. Yeah, and they still tools. need all those tech logins. Exactly. They still need to know the people that they're going to work with. Yeah. You know, maybe they don't have all the HR paperwork, but a lot of the other things are still relevant. Yeah, exactly. So the first we get a new job, might not be the smoothest transition. And while there are several things that your boss and the employee can do to make things easier, that's sadly out of your hands. So let's see if we can answer some listener questions about what you can do as an employee to make starting a new job less awkward. Our first question is from Twitter, and it's kind of all of those things that we already hinted at that make starting a new job awkward, right? She says, the thing I hate about starting a new job is figuring out all the little unspoken things like how do you dress? Do people take lunch hours? When do people really leave? And of course, all the office politics stuff. Any advice? Oh, all the, all the things. All the things. <laughs> yeah, the unspoken rules is a little bit hard because I find that in my experience, there's usually kind of like people that you can go to for this stuff but then also finding that person requires yeah. you to know the right people to begin with well and it's like we talked about um in the episode when we were talking about job interviews is like you have to do a little sleuthing to like yeah. gather the that that sort of thing so one rule of thumb for dressing i think is it doesn't hurt to overdress a little bit yeah on the first day or the first week i mean you kind of got a sense probably in your interview. That's what I was going to say. If it's gonna, if it's a, a suit and tie sort uh -huh. of culture or not. And probably when you've been there for five years, you'll like feel totally comfortable wearing jeans and whatever. But you're making a good impression, like dress yeah. up a, a little bit more than you normally would. For those other cues about when people come and go and, and if they take lunch and stuff, 
That's a little harder. I I mean, it's so weird to like bring your lunch on your first day though, because you don't know like the refrigerator situation. I know. I think I did it, but I just let it be lukewarm. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> in the microwave situation. I know that. exactly. I mean, maybe it's good to plan to go out on your first day, just because like hopefully somebody offers to take you out, like your supervisor or something. That's true. Yeah. Um, or it's an opportunity to ask somebody if you're, you know. I know that's a big like a big thing to do, but to ask somebody to out to lunch on the first day to get mm-hmm. to know them. Yeah. Um, or you can always um, also do a kind of it's not really a direct ask, but to ask people where they can recommend lunch mm-hmm. recommendations. Mm-hmm. And it's like, then hey, I'm like, going to lunch. Are you planning to go there, too? That's kind of a less direct way. Yep. To- <laughs> and you also see like how much people go out if they you know if you ask for lunch recommendations and they're like oh, I don't know. yeah i know you know it's like, like, like i always order from this place or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like okay that's your cue like, you don't go out so probably your boss will give you a sense or will tell you like when to arrive on your very very first day yeah and it's usually a little bit later than your usual hours right because in my experience usually it's half an hour than what the yeah or an most hour whatever start. they want they want to give themselves time to like get ready for you mm-hmm. um so i would say on your second day show up a little bit earlier than you did on your first day yeah and like it doesn't hurt if you're the first person in the office you know although that could be a bit awkward because i have been there before <laughs> yeah. literally like no well, one in the learn. office you know like, <laughs> and then i got locked out of the office <laughs> <laughs> well i mean don't show up at six yeah but um you know then yeah you'll kind of like feel it out that way and on your first day as far as when to leave like you probably aren't going to have a ton of work to do so you no. might be like oh i don't want to just sit here for the sake of sitting here so I would say leave at what would feel like a normal time for you to leave anyways but I also think it's a good time to establish your boundaries yeah so like for instance if you are a parent that has to do daycare pickup and that's going to be like a regular part of I have to leave exactly at five every day make that part of your expectation from the get-go of like this is what time I leave Instead of like, oh, I'm going to like show them how dedicated I am and like stay until eight tonight and, you know, not be a human, like not show them that I have, you know, other commitments. Yeah, because I think that it seems really small, but I feel like those little cues that you send, people do pick up and then they kind of subconsciously just see you in that way. It's kind of a little bit unfair because they shouldn't be biased against this. But if you are the person who stays till eight for like the first week and Mm -hmm. then suddenly you leave at five and you announce that you have to. Mm -hmm. People already are used to seeing you a certain way. Yeah, so you seem already, really lazy. already set your expectations. Yeah, exactly. And now you're like, oh, you're already slacking your second week on the job because the first week you stayed till eight. Exactly. And now, like, you don't care anymore. Yeah. Whereas if you had just set the expectation to begin with, then they're not going to see you, you know, you as lazy, even though you've worked less hours. Yeah. So this second one is, how can I make a good impression with the senior people without seeming like a sucker? <laughs> well, it's important. Obviously, you want to make a good impression with with the senior people. I think the first thing is identifying the right senior people like yeah. it, for your role. Like it's probably if you're like an admin, it's probably not appropriate to be like, let me set up a meeting with the CEO. You yeah, know? exactly. Unless you're like the CEO's personal assistant. Well, then, yes, yeah. you should have <laughs> lots of meetings with yeah. them. Then. But yeah, so identifying, I think, the senior people that make the most sense for you. And by that definition, senior can just mean like the person with the job title just above you, you Mm -hmm. know, and identifying who those people are. And I don't think you have to be seen like a suck up. Like you certainly shouldn't be like, oh, let me see how I can impress them very overtly all the time or whatever. But it could be if they don't do this on their own, taking the initiative to set up some lunches or meetings with them. Mm -hmm. Just like, I just want to get to know you and get to know like how we'd like to work together, you know, like that sort of thing. Yeah. Or 
you can also approach it from a learning perspective. So like you can introduce yourself and just say, hey, just letting you know I'm new here. This is what I do. I understand that you work with this team in this way. Would love to chat some time to learn about what you do just so I can understand how my role fits better. Like, yeah. you know, you're not, you're not kind of proving to them, hey, let's have lunch. And then it's like, yeah. okay, I'm going to try and convince you that I'm wonderful and you should give me a promotion. In yeah. A year. yeah, already <laughs> on my first week. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, you can leverage that it's so key to find somebody a little more established than you that you can be really comfortable with yeah. and then ask that person those questions. So if exactly. you find that person that's one role ahead of you and you get to know them a little bit and you get comfortable with them and say, so who else should I talk to? Like, yeah. is, is, you know, Anissa somebody that I should, you know, I'm going to be working with a lot. Like, should I get to know her or whatever? And they can say, you know, actually, you're going to work a lot with a person on this team that maybe you don't even know. Like, it's really yeah. hard to figure out the hierarchy and the dynamics and like who is important to meet with and all of that. And so having an insider help you. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes in some organizations, you might be very junior and there might not be a middle person. I think that kind of getting to know someone who's closer at your level or equal can be helpful as well because Mm -hmm. those are, you know, we all have questions that is just not appropriate to ask. Yeah. And you you might feel more comfortable asking a peer or somebody feels more like a peer. And um, especially if you're trying to figure out kind of working styles and Mm -hmm. what they like and don't like, like you don't really ask, you don't really ask that to your boss on the first day. So it's like, so what do you hate? What do you like? (laughs) What's her deal? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What's, yeah. What makes you angry? (laughs) That's a good first question. What's her deal? Thank you, everyone, who's reached out over Twitter and on our hotline. If you need career or productivity guidance, don't be scared to get in touch. The number to leave a voicemail is 201-371-FAST or hashtag FCMostProductive on Twitter. These are also on the show notes. This episode of The New Way We Work is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. So right now, it's time to press pause and get your pen ready because you might want to write this down. How to make a good impression on your first week at a new job. Number one, learn everyone's names. This may sound basic, but meeting a bunch of new people can be really overwhelming. Still, remembering everyone's names and their positions is the fastest way to make a good impression. Try repeating the name right away to confirm that you heard it correctly, and then that'll start reinforcing the neural pathways from their face to their name. Then quiz yourself on the name while you're making small talk with them, and if you've forgotten the person's name, ask it again at the end of the initial conversation. When you're back at your desk, write it down along with their position. Number two, within your first week, create your own anti-day plan. You can have personal performance goals, just something you can work towards while you're getting acclimated and getting used to everything in your new job. The key is to have some sort of guideline in front of you so you don't feel lost when you go into work each day. Number three, listen for subtext and find an ally. Many of the most important parts of office culture are unsaid, so listen carefully. If people are complaining about a particular area that falls within your responsibilities, that's a clue that you can take action. If they mention change but do it more quietly, it's a clue that there might be some barriers or politics involved and you should tread carefully. It's also essential to find an ally who can give you hints about office politics. This person can help shorten your learning curve and prevent missteps. Look for friendly people who offer their help if you need anything when you're making that first round of introductions. That's all for this week's episode of Secrets of the Most Productive People. 
If you listened a few weeks ago, you might remember our mini-series called Work Smarter Wednesdays, where we talked to Chief of Human Resources for Adobe, Donna Morris, and she joined us. She joined us for the first episode of Work Smart Wednesdays, where she answered a listener question about working overtime. A few days ago, that listener called us back and left us another voicemail. Let's play it now. Hi. Um, this is the listener who had called in for your most recent episode. And I just wanted to thank you for, first off, doing the episode. It was really good. And second, I just want to say I'm actually doing a lot better. Um, that project I was working on happened to be the worst project I was going to work on, the toughest one. But, you know, as you mentioned in the show, I really did learn a lot. And my hours kept getting better. I was able to have a really good conversation with my manager. I also switched managers as I moved to a different desk. And it just became a really enjoyable experience. Um, so... I hope that someone else who maybe wasn't in the same good position where things improved, they also got something out of the episode. Thanks for your help and have a great day. I love a good an intern success story. Yes, yes. Because I I do think like when I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, this is such a tough position. Like when we were giving advice or when Donna was giving advice, rather, like it all makes sense to us now. But I'm just trying to picture myself in that position. And I don't know if I would have honestly had the courage to kind of have that conversation. So I'm really impressed. that. Yeah, good on him for like stepping up and having a really difficult conversation for anybody at any level, but certainly for an intern. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So next episode, we'll be talking about managing up. So what questions do you have about that and working with your boss? Let us know by leaving us a voicemail at 201-371-FAST. That's 201-371-3278. And we'll find an expert to answer your questions. Or you can also tweet your questions with the hashtag FCMostProductive. If this episode was helpful to you, please let us know. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You can follow Fast Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn.